This is a Reconstructionist radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu to download or purchase this book. The Philosophy of the Christian Curriculum, Russus J. Rushtuni, Ross House Books, Vallecito, California. Part 2 Chapter 2 Teaching Bible Bible classes in a Christian school are a failure unless the essentials of biblical faith are applied to every course in the school. I have visited supposedly strong fundamentalist colleges over the past 20 years and seen why they were destined to drift into neo-orthodoxy and into evolutionary thinking by looking at the non-biblical courses. In several cases this drift is already very much in evidence. The reason for it is that, for example, mathematics is taught from a relativistic viewpoint. Classes begin with prayer and then instruction implicitly denies God. The science courses presuppose a universe which is an impersonal and blind force not the creation of the personal God. Sociology and social studies courses assume that predestination is in man's hand, not God's. Psychology and anthropology, instead of being branches of theology, as they were in origin, are made the handmaids of humanism, and so on. A humanistic curriculum cannot be made Christian by introductory prayers or by a sprinkling of holy water, but only by means of clear-cut biblical presuppositions. The Bible, as Cornelius Van Til has pointed out, does not give us the multiplicity of facts which make up mathematics, paleontology, physics, biology, or any other subject, but it does give us the truth about all facts. It declares all facts to be God-created, God-governed, and God-serving facts. The Bible is basic to all of education because it gives us the meaning of all facts and the purpose of education. Solomon makes two important statements with respect to instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 There is an important difference between knowledge and wisdom. Both are commended by Scripture. Knowledge is one aspect of the image of God in man. Colossians chapter 3 verse 10 and Genesis chapter 2 verses 19 through 20 Knowledge, however, apart from God, becomes mere learning. The extent of learning in the modern world is great, but it is like the learning of Alexandria, meaningless and without focus. A doctoral dissertation on Shakespeare's use of commas gives us much learning. We acquire extensive and minute knowledge, but little, if any, wisdom. Wisdom, on the other hand, is insight and understanding. Knowledge and wisdom are united in a Christian faith which is biblical and must be united in Christian education. St. Paul's counsel to Timothy makes a like emphasis. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15-16 through 16. The vain, or futile, babblings are speculations, which are pointless and are motivated by curiosity rather than wisdom. Some men try endlessly to read new knowledge out of Scripture on heaven, hell, angels, and demons. They want curious information, not wisdom. Much current research and scholarship in the liberal arts and sciences similarly lacks wisdom. Teaching the Bible should be done with knowledge and wisdom. The Bible is God's revelation to man. It has as its purpose the communication by God to man of God's purpose and salvation. In teaching the Bible, it should be remembered first that the Christian school is a school, not a church. Its essential function is education, not evangelism. The two must not be confused. In some schools, the goal of the Bible class is conversion. As a result, 
instruction suffers and grading tends to be in terms of a response rather than a solid knowledge of scripture. The teacher's job is to instruct and to grade. The evangelist's function is to present the plan of salvation with conviction and regeneration as the goal. The evangelist's grading is different. The best foundation for evangelization is laid by solid instruction. Scripture declares, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. There is no better human instrument possible to assure a hearing ear than the Christian school and sound Bible classes therein. Second, the class should be given a clear-cut overview of biblical history and doctrine. Most Sunday school instruction is almost useless because the average child has little sense of the unity of Scripture or of the Bible chronology. Sunday school instruction is usually full of gimmicks to command interest, is a form of babysitting, and is too often a disaster to Christ's cause. The Christian school must make the Bible class, above all, highly disciplined and thorough. Third, Christian education can never be abstract. The goal of humanistic education is abstraction. Reality being impersonal, the truth about reality for the humanist is not concrete and implicit, and explicit in factuality. For us, all facts are concrete and personal facts created by God. They have the meaning God gave them. It is not necessary to abstract a meaning in terms of their imposed meaning as given by man. An abstraction analyzes the potential significance of a thing and concludes, in terms of a humanistic framework, what meaning can be ascribed to that meaningless void. Humanism, as it approaches the Bible, seeks to mine it for some possible ore of meaning useful to modern man. Some churchmen who claim to be Bible believers do the same. They write or talk about nuggets from the book of Joshua. This cannot be our approach. God's meaning in Joshua must be our meaning, not an abstraction. Thus we must make certain that our study of Joshua begins with the commission. Joshua chapter 1 verses 2 through 9. It is succeeded in scripture by the great commission of Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20, which summarizes it. Joshua and Israel must go forth and conquer the land of Canaan for the Lord. The church, as God's new Israel, must conquer the world for Christ, and so on. Our study, thus, must be historical and concrete. This also means that it then best fulfills God's purpose. Solomon, in speaking of the goads and nails of teaching, says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. We teach the Bible. We teach the plan of salvation therein and the way of salvation. We teach. The rest is left to the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Word. Then, fourth, we must always remember that the Bible is not only the Word of God, but also the most exciting book there is. Our teaching should never deaden the excitement, beauty, and power of the Bible. An illustration of a common obliviousness to this aspect of Scripture comes from a pre-World War II England. In a school chapel, the daily readings follow the Episcopal lectionary, which divides Acts 27 into several readings, i.e., Acts 27, chapters 1 through 26, for the Wednesday of the fourth Sunday after Trinity. Acts 27, verse 27, for Thursday. Acts 27, verse 14, on the ninth Sunday after Trinity, and so on. A boy without a Christian background, or else no knowledge of Scripture, was asked to read Acts chapter 27, verses 1 through 26. He continued to read beyond the appointed text. When the headmaster attempted to stop him, the boy told him to be quiet, because he wanted to see what happened. Would there be a shipwreck, and would the passengers be saved? The boy was reading the Bible intelligently. Too often we ask people to study it in unintelligent terms, as though it were not a remarkably stirring book. 
Fifth, the Bible should be read and studied as the word of the living God, an infallible and inerrant word, because no other word is possible from the sovereign and omniscient God. It is this book that governs Christian education and the Christian school. The teacher must grow in terms of that book in order to teach it properly. If our understanding of the Bible does not grow continually, we are not competent to teach the Bible. Only those who feel its power and excitement can communicate it, and only those who know the God of Scripture can teach the truth about it. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.